0: Hello, this is Pastor Sam Velez, and I'm so glad that you're joining us for our service. We hope you enjoy this message today, that it blesses your life and your families. We love you. Uh, Today, we're continuing. We started a series a couple of weeks ago, if you weren't here, called uh, uh, Spirit, Soul, and Body. And um, we've been talking about the spirit in our soul. What does that look like? And if if you haven't been here, go back to our YouTube. And we've been talking about how our spirit and our soul are not the same thing. They're very different things, and, and we are people that carry a spirit. Our spirit is what goes when we die to heaven, and our soul is our emotions, it's our, our intellect, it's the psychological part of who we are, and obviously, today, I want to talk about our body. Our body, we understand that that is our flesh. It's this skin that we have on the in, on the outside of us, and the Bible talks about our flesh not only in the sense of that it's the skin that we have, but that our spirit and our flesh are constantly fighting with each other. In other words, our spirit has desire. It's where it's where God is reigning. Our spirit is what carries the presence of God. Our spirit is what we are trying to reflect. But our carnal beings, our flesh, um, is contrary to that. Our flesh doesn't want what God wants. It's like when you're trying to get on a diet. Your body doesn't want a salad, you want pizza. Your body doesn't want a nice chicken salad, you want Freddy's. And you will wait an hour to get it. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's the same thing with our flesh. Our spirit wants everything that God has for us. Our spirit wants transformation. Our spirit wants the power of God. Our spirit wants everything in the Lord. But our flesh, it wants the unhealthy thing. It wants the thing that will tap, tap in your veins. It it, he wants that. It wants the things that are contrary to the Lord. In fact, the Bible says in Galatians chapter 5, if You have your Bibles. Galatians chapter 5, it says this. 516 through 18. This is so you can it'll make sense to you. 516 through 18. Galatians 5, 16 through 18 it says this. It says, So I say, Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite Of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. As you can see when Paul writes this, there is a battle that we face all the time a battle to serve the Lord, and a battle to disobey God. But the Bible says that when I am led by the Spirit of God, if I can just get to a place where my spirit is leading my flesh, there I find blessings. There I find a new life. There I find what God has for me. But I can't find it if I'm always going back to my flesh. I can't fight it. I can't. So when you are a new person, when you give your life to Jesus, and you have a new life in Christ, this means that I am dominated by what Jesus wants and by what God wants. I'm dominated by that. And I'm going to spend the rest of my life following the Spirit. I'm going to spend the rest of my life following God. That's how I live. That's how I'm supposed to live. I'm not supposed to live my life following my own passions all the time and what I think in my own preferences. Because we can get to a place where, man, I would rather have my own preference than what God wants for my life. And when we decide to live like that, that is where the danger comes. Where I decide, man, I'm going to follow what I prefer instead of what God said. But if I can flip the script and follow what God says and what he prefers... I'll find what I actually need for my life. Because God will always give us the very thing we need. And we never feel empty-handed when it comes to following the Lord. And we do this by shifting from walking by sight, which is all about our senses. It's a sense knowledge. To walking by faith, which is revelation knowledge. We shift it. Now I'm living a different life. Now I'm falling. There's a revelation that comes from God. So if you have your Bibles, I want to talk about, I titled this "Bowl Games. I titled it "Bowl Games because I want to talk about when I was getting ready for this, mer- this message, I thought about, man, how can I explain this best when me and you live by the, the flesh? And when me and you live by our body instead of what, the way God is calling us to live. But I want to explain to you a little bit what that looks like for your life if you have your bibles i want you to go to uh genesis chapter 25 we're going to be in verses 27 through 34. genesis 25 27 through 34. it says this it says as the boys grew up esau became a skillful hunter he was an outdoorsman but jacob had a quiet temperament preferring to stay at home isaac loved esau because he enjoyed eating the wild game and uh, the game esau brought home but rebecca loved jacob one day when jacob was cooking some stew esau arrived home from the wilderness exhausted and hungry esau said to jacob i'm starved give me some of that red stew this is how esau got his other name edom which means red all right jacob replied but trade me your right as the firstborn son Look, I'm dying of starvation, said Esau. What good is my birthright to me now? But Jacob said, first you must swear that your birthright is mine. So Esau swore an oath, thereby selling all his rights as the firstborn to his brother Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and lentil stew. Esau ate the meal, then got up and left. He showed contempt for his rights as the firstborn. As the firstborn. As we see in the story that God shows us, is that Esau and Jacob had different plans. But if we see something here that Esau, in his hunger, in his flesh, sold something that was more important than stew. He gave something up that was more more, more important than a bunch of lentils. So if you're taking notes today, number one, if you want to overcome your flesh, you got to fix your appetite you got to fix your appetite because our flesh desires and is always going to desire what we can feel, what we can see, what we can taste, what we can smell. Our flesh always goes into the direction of that, of our senses. It's live-based off of that. Our flesh desires anything that we can see and feel. Our flesh will, will tempt us to not believe God based on what we see and what we feel that's why sometimes we'll make decisions based on how we feel and what we see instead of what god said because what god said sometimes doesn't make sense or what god said sometimes takes too long or what god said isn't what you feel like doing in the moment so you go based on how what you see and what you feel and that is your flesh your flesh will always lead you in that direction and just because your flesh feels it doesn't mean that it's God. And so many times, so many times, we make the mistake thinking that it was God, but it was never God. It was our flesh. And we make decisions. And we make impulsive decisions. And we do certain things thinking that it was the Lord, but it was actually at 2 a.m. No, the Lord told me to do this. And then we do what we think the Lord told us to do. And before you know it, we're falling Lo- lo- we're falling down worse and worse than we were before. And then what happens is we get mad at God. And we're like, God, but you told me, and God's like, I never said a word. You based your feelings more than your faith in me. You made decisions out of what you thought instead of what I had already said and commanded you to do. And so that's what happens. We, we, we get ourselves in trouble. And the problem is, is this church, is that if we don't learn to fix our appetite, what happens is we give up the blessings of God for a bowl that doesn't last forever. We give up everything that God has for because we serve a God church, a God that wants to bless us, a God that has promises for us, a God that heals. We serve that kind of God. But so many times because we are starving spiritually, we give up what we need, what we want most for what we want now. Don't give up what you want most for what you want now. Don't give up. Don't let that be what you want now, the one thing. Because here's the thing. Culture has groomed us to demand something now. It's easy now. If I want to go to eat somewhere, I can go on the app and make my reservation. I can go, I do I can Eats. Uber Eats. I can order and pick it up. Everything is, we've been groomed to have things on demand, and we don't understand that we have to build a spiritual, a spiritual hunger to experience everything that God has. And when there is starvation in our life, when there is a lack, and when our flesh is winning, it is because there is a lack of God in that area. And what do people do when they are starving? They'll do anything to fill that void. It's not just about food, church. It's not just about, man, I'm starving, I'm hungry. It wasn't about, it's not just about the stew. It's not about the bowl. There's a lot of things that we could be starving for. Some of you, maybe you're starving for intimacy. And because you're starving for intimacy, you don't realize that it's a lack of intimacy with the Lord. And so you try to find it in other places. Some of you you have to understand that man, I feel like man, I just I, I, I need I need this, I need, I need self-control, and I need I need I need to fix this. And you try to find a quick fix instead of asking the Lord to fill you in that area. And so what we do is we'll 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 give up our peace. And instead we gain anxiety. We'll we'll sell what God has for us because in the moment we need it now. Esau, church, you have to understand, that birthright might not seem much to you, but in those times, the birthright was, the, was, was the, first, the firstborn of every family in those times. They had the birthright, which means that they had all, they gained all the possessions of their father and the authority that comes with it. So if you are firstborn in this room, you would get the birthright of your family, all the possessions, all the authority, you get it. But Esau, in the moment, the Bible says he was so hungry, and Jacob, he was smart. He was like, all right, I'll give you this, but you got to give me your birthright. Because he understood what was more important, the birthright or the bull. He understood, man, this bull, that'll satisfy you today, but the birthright, I got that forever. birthright that's what he was going for and Esau in a time of starvation because he, he, he wasn't in self control he gives that up church. church you have to understand something Esau grew up with the bible says he was, in, he was a skilled hunter he had some hunting skills but he did not build his relationship with God he was a skilled hunter but he had no relationship with God he learned how to kill for his dinner but he did not know how to control his appetite. He knew how to go and kill a deer but man he did not know how to control his appetite church. So be careful, be very careful. We can be very good at going and getting what we need and going and doing our jobs and being skilled at the things that we have. But if we do not control our appetite and if our hunger for the Lord does not grow, we will, be, we will do the same thing. We will give up the blessings of God. So if you want to overcome the flesh, church, fix your appetite. Build a spiritual hunger for the Lord. A deep passion for God. A hunger that goes just past just man. It's not just about man, God, just help me to feel good on a Sunday. No, no. God, help me to live the life that you've called me to live. Help me to live whole. Help me to be filled with your spirit. Help me to hunger the things. When you spend more time hungering the Lord, you will spend less time hungering for other things and can i tell you something when you are filled with the spirit of god and when you are filled with the word of god when you are filled you'll never go hungry again amen that's the kind of god we serve fix your appetite build a spiritual hunger that is how we overcome our flesh try it out this week spend more time make it a point to spend more time with the Lord make it a point to build a hunger for God make it a point to obey the Lord make it a point and you will see that you will spend more time honoring the Lord and spending less time with the struggles you used to struggle with because now your heart now your mind now your, your, your body now everything is submitted to God and you're going to look back and be like man I haven't done these things in like six months because you spent your whole time submitted to the Lord, focused on Him. You spent your whole time doing that. Fix your appetite. Second thing is this, is you got to feed your soul. You have to feed your soul. Remember, your soul is what? Your emotions, your thoughts, your imaginations. Feed your soul. Feed your soul jesus said in matthew 26 he said one time as they were praying before jesus was about to was in the garden of the Gipsy, he got mad at the, the disciples he said the flesh is weak but the spirit is willing the spirit the spirit is always willing is always willing the flesh is weak but the spirit is willing the spirit is willing and the bible says this in hebrews i'm sorry look what the bible says i want to i want to read it one more time hebrews 4:12 you can go there it says for the word of god is alive and powerful It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. The Word of God. How do I feed my soul? Through the Word of God. Through the Word of God. Through His Word. How can God, here's the thing, a lot of times people read this and they get, it makes them uncomfortable because it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. We don't like to be exposed, but here's the thing, I need to be exposed so that I can fix whatever's hurting me. When the Holy Spirit exposes things about you, it's not so that you can be embarrassed about it. It's not so that you can feel shame about it. It's so that you can go to the throne of God and be restored from it. Be healed from it. That God would break the stronghold of it. So the word of God reveals things, it says, and our desires. Has that ever happened when you read the word of God and you're like, ooh, that was, that was for me. Ooh, that was, you're like, oh, that, that, was, that was a little punch in the gut. You're like, ooh. And that's what it's supposed to do. You're on the right track. If you get that feeling of, man, when you're reading the word, you're like, oh, man, I'm lacking in this area. That is the moment you're saying, that is your, that is your moment to pray to God. I say, God, I was reading this today, and Lord, help me because that's the area where I'm struggling in. It. You feed your soul by praying daily. If I want to be filled, I need to have connection with my God. If I want to be, filled, I got to, I got to pray. I got to have connection with God every single day, not just on a Tuesday night. Every single day, if you want to overcome your flesh, you can do that by praying daily, by seeking the Lord daily. When you are in a place of prayer, you are releasing the power of God over your life. You are filling yourself up, you are in connection with God. To to speak to God, to hear from God, to find miracles from God, it is through a daily prayer. It's through daily time with God. Nothing changes without relationship. Your marriage is better because of relationship. Your friends are better because of relationship. And it's the same thing and even more with God. It's praying daily, church. Seeking daily. And it's not only just that, church it's learning church what well, we did earlier today we do this i think sometimes we, we forget we think it's just part of like the 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 church program if you would where it's like oh yeah you go to church and what, what you're going to do is you're going to sing a, like a couple of songs first and then uh like pastor i going to come and then before you know it it's 11 30 and we're done and we get we we, we kind of get into a routine. But here's the thing: if you want to, you have to understand that we don't just worship because that's a program we have to do, or like that's like the churchy thing to do, where you got to sing songs. We have to understand that man, we have to live with praises in our mouth and His sword in our hand. You praise God not because I have to, but because He deserves everything from me. you cannot do spiritual warfare and you cannot overcome things if everything that comes out of your mouth is complaining and defeat and god woe is me all the time and i got to play the violin for you every single day you can't overcome things with a mouth filled that way because your mouth reveals what's in your heart You have to get to a place, church, where no matter what you're feeling, out of your mouth comes something else. Out of your mouth comes faith. Out of your mouth comes worship. Out of your mouth comes recognizing who God is. Out of your mouth. If I want to feed my soul, then my praise has to overcome and has to overrule my problem. When I come into the house of God and I'm giving God my worship, man, my worship and my praise has to be above what I'm feeling in the moment. Because maybe for some of you, you might have come in here and said, man, God, I don't feel like worshiping you. I don't feel like singing these songs. I don't, I don't feel like falling." But if you can overcome that, can I tell you something? God will open up the heavens for you. God will move on your behalf. God will begin to do things. Because he he deserves all the praise. That's why we read passages like Paul and Silas and we get excited because because we see what praise can do. Praise shook them in the jail cell. Praise set them free. There's something about praise, church, that changes the atmosphere of places. And like Hebrews 4.12 said, And the sword, which is the word of God, in my hand. I'm able to sing and have the word of God. Because worship and warfare, they go together. It's not either or. If I can learn to praise God with my mouth and keep the word of God in my hand, I'm able to overcome the enemy every single time. The word of God that's in my hand, the sword of God, which the Bible calls it a sword. This thing here allows me to overcome the enemy and to dominate the enemy. Before Christ, before you ever gave your life to God, you were always dominated by everything. You were dominated by by your feelings, you were dominated by addictions, you were dominated by a lot of things. But when the when you gave your life to Jesus, you now have access to overcome the enemy every single time. Every single time. He gave us his word for that very reason. Jesus for 40 days was tempted. With desires of this world, but because he stood on the word, he overcame the enemy. That is an example, church, for me and you. He had some bowls in front of him. Bread, he had. Riches, the devil tried to tempt him with all these things, but he was always back with the word. It's always back with it. So i feed my soul in the same way that my mouth would speak of the goodness of god that my mouth would declare who god is that my mouth would be different because it's easy it's easy to complain every single day if we were to sit here and talk about me and you have more than 10 things that we can complain about it's too hot outside laredo's very hot obviously it's this it's it's that it's we we can make a list of things we can complain about but man if i can flip the script and be thankful to the lord and even when my list doesn't seem like god is doing anything if i can praise god before he ever answers i will find everything i'm looking for hallelujah Last thing is this, is choose your bowl. Fix your appetites. Feed your soul. And choose your bowl. In other words, choose what, from this day forward, what you are going to feed on. What you are going to take hold of. The Old Testament for Esau it was a birthright. It was, it, was, it was the birthright that the sons, the firstborns would get. The New Testament, we got a different birthright. The Bible says that when we gave our life to Jesus, we become heirs. And every heir to the kingdom, that means gets a possession of what God has for them. That means that whatever Jesus has, we carry as well. Amen? When Pastor Alex said that the same spirit of Christ, the raised Christ lives in you, it's because that's true. The same power lives in you. The same power. Church, you were not called just to be delivered. You were not called for just for deliverance. You were also called for dominion. Understand that, church. You were also called for dominion. You were called to be dominate everything that the enemy the enemy puts in front of you. So many times what happens is we get stuck on being delivered that we never create a lifestyle that dominates every single time. And that's why we struggle. And you're like, man, I, I God delivered me from this, but now I'm... In... Because you, we never created a lifestyle of dominion, of authority over all things. We never created that. In other words, church, God has given you the power, church, to overcome the attacks. of I mean, God has given you the power. God is not just waiting. He's not just, you're, you know, you're, he's not waiting for you to, to call on to him so that he can knock out every demon that comes against you. No, no. God has given you authority to speak to every demon and they got to go, to speak to every problem that has to change. God has given you that. That's your birthright. Whatever Jesus has, I have it too. That should excite some of you, because some of you, you've been living in defeat for too long, but not today. Not today. Today, you walk out with victory. Today, the enemy loses. Today, you will not struggle again. Today, you're not going to go back to that. Today, it ends today. In Jesus' name. I want you to raise your hands where you're at. I want you to repeat it and say, Father, build in me a spiritual hunger. For more of you repeating, say, Father, thank you that your spirit lives in me and I will overcome everything against me. Amen. Give God a hand, clap where you're at. I want you to stand to your feet in the bank and come. Church, you have to understand something that for every birthright, there's also a bull. For every birthright, there's a bull. There's there's a a decision that has to be made. There's there's actions that have to happen. You know, you, you can decide today to feed on God and to build a hunger and you can decide today to not go back to who you used to be and not go back to the habits and to stop talking like you used to, but the follow-through starts tomorrow. It starts, come, comes Monday morning. Comes Tuesday, comes Wednesday, comes Thursday, comes the follow-through comes 24-7. And so many times, like I said, in Esau and his brother, we're not careful. We'll, we'll sell. We'll sell our peace, our anxiety. We'll, we'll sell our joy for bitterness if we don't choose the birthright. If we don't choose the bull. We don't choose what's most important. What's most important? most important don't sell the moment just for the moment to feel feel something for the moment but yet you struggle the rest of your life that's not how you're meant to live you were never meant church to have a relationship with God and to always struggle with everything else that was not what God, ever, God Jesus didn't die on the cross so that you could be like yes I accept you God and I always feel like you can never break a habit or never catch a break. I don't know if you ever heard the term "catch a." I can't catch a break. It was God's never intention. You are living from a place of victory. It's just walking in that. It's just changing some things. It's believe, It's putting your faith in God. Choose your bowl. Choose your portion. Choose today what you're going to allow, what you're going to feed on, what you're going to get. Ask yourself before you make decisions Lord, is this what's going to bring peace or is it going to bring stress? It looks nice, but is it going to come with stress? So many people, the problem that we have, church, so many times is that we, we have a lot syndrome. Abraham and Lot, he saw what was nice and beautiful. He saw Miami. And Abraham was looking at something else. The desert, probably. He, he went for what looked nicer. But some, Sodom and Gomorrah was right after it. You had a choice. I'm not saying that every nice thing is from the devil. Please don't get wrong. Please don't. Get nice things, please. But what I am saying is, have the relation with God where you ask the Lord, Lord, is this okay? Or am I just, I'm being emotional. I'm I'm being desperate. I'm being impulsive because I, I want it now. Thank you so much for joining our service and for listening to us. We are located at 4519 East Del Mar Boulevard in Laredo, Texas, and we hope that you continue to be a part of our ICM family.